So good morning, everyone. I hope you can all hear us. Willie has been playing with us again, as he does tends to do. So I hope you're all good, and you've had a good week. So, so good morning, everyone. As Elena says, well us. worth the wait. Willie has been playing with us again. And as he does Betty is already saying it's time for the party. Mm-hmm. Good morning, Pam. Good morning, Leslie, and welcome, Kez and Dana. We're so excited to have you. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Thank you, Patty, for inviting us. Ah, we, we got the band back together and Willie joined in, which is always an enjoyable feat. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be a podcast about the quarantine series without Willie wreaking some kind of havoc. That's very, very true. Had a feeling. Had a feeling. I know. Betty's saying morning to you and Kez. Although Kez, it's not morning. Kez, I think it's night. Dana into to this. It's like, oh, geez, to film from the past. Yeah, totally. A total blast from the past. <laughs> um, Betty's uh, saying, it's so good to hear your voices again. Aww. And I don't know for sure we're going in and out. She said it's better now. So I think I think the audio is where it needs to be. Yep. And I see we have Elena from Maine and our dear Betty, Miss Cheryl from Atlanta. Cheryl, feel better. She's struggling with a migraine, so she may end up going back to sleep, but it's so kind of her to join us, this mm -hmm. special podcast celebrating Raven's birthday. And Ashley, our dear friend, and Ellie, who is waking up with us. It's uh, <laughs> 6, 18 a.m. Um, in Ellie's neck of the woods in mm -hmm. California. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, so glad you could all join. And as uh, Black Lab Lady, otherwise known as Elena says, for this rookie, Please tell me where Kez and Dana are coming in from. You actually took one of my questions, uh, right. Elaine. You are right on target. When we wanted to just start and find out a little bit about yourselves, Dana and Kez. Um, whoever wants to start. I guess we could go with uh, Kez first. Okay. Okay. Oh, well, thank you again, ladies, for inviting inviting us today. Um, and hello to everybody. Um, and I'm dialing in from Perth in Australia, so it's night time here. Um, just to tell you a little bit about myself, I, I uh, live with my daughter and our um, fair four-legged friend Henry. Um, and I guess over the last couple of years, COVID. Um, I've developed quite a, a love for renovating my house and gardening. So I love it. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> we all picked up something during COVID. <laughs> all kinds of discovering new things. I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. I've done a little more gardening myself since uh, the pandemic began in the 2020. So... And good evening. How late is it where you are in Perth? What's the yeah. hour? It's not too bad. It's it's nine twenty in the evening. So okay, so we are. I, I thought it was a twelve hour split. So yeah, 
Wonderful, wonderful. And Lori's saying, good day. I've had trouble logging in. So good to hear Kez's voice and accent. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's quite a unique accent, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, we love it. No, oh, it's kidding great. The, Amer the Americans love accents. You know that. I know we have an American accent, but we love we love hearing the the voices from around the globe. Mm -hmm. And we have our, our neighbor to the north of us, Dana, here as well. Dana, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Okay. So, um, so I'm, uh, I, I'm in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I don't know how, um, nice. how familiar anyone is with uh, Canadian geography, but um, I'm located in the province just above North Dakota. So very central, very close oh. to the middle of the continent, basically mm -hmm. <laughs> in North America. Right. Like seriously um, in the center of the, the center. entire North American continent. Yes. Wow. Um, uh, I, uh, I'm, Currently, with uh, you know my my husband, we're celebrating our 16th um, wedding anniversary next Friday on the eighth. Oh, congratulations! Um, yes, and uh, I uh, I have two kids. Um, my son, he's eight already. Can you believe that he's eight already? Um, <laughs> his name is Kiefer Gabriel. Gabriel, you can guess where that came from. And I love um, it. <laughs> and my daughter, she's five, and uh, her name is Chloe Anastasia. And uh, we have, uh, we have I, I have two stories about where Anastasia came from. My husband knows one, everybody else knows the other. So we'll just <laughs> kind of leave it, we'll leave it at that. Um, but, I love uh, it. <laughs> but yeah, that's me and, and my family, yeah. And, and uh, we, we even had, had, uh, Anastasia's birth was yes. while we were podcasting. I know. I cannot. When you just said she is five, because I, I, I remember when you were expecting and we were listening to the oh, Florentine yes. Series fan podcast. I feel like we were going through your pregnancy with you oh, and your journey. Yes, that's right. Yep. Very, yeah, I very fond exciting. memories of that baby shower podcast. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and Betty's saying, Dana, my maid of honor. <laughs> yeah. Ellie, Ellie is saying for Kez and Dana and all happy fourth for the States and uh, Canada Day for our Canadian friends and happy Saturday for the rest. And I've, I've called it the North American uh, long weekend holiday because we started off with Canada Day on the first and Monday is the fourth of July. So it's a long weekend that actually could be a fun road trip, right? Going up, being in Canada for the first, and doing some lake. Everybody seems to do the lake thing up there. Mm -hmm. um, and then sliding down, maybe going down the coast and ending in New York or in D.C. for the big 4th mm -hmm. of July. Or Philadelphia. Philadelphia mm -hmm. does a good yeah, we, oh, yeah, we have, birthplace of the nation. We, we have the... Um, it's called uh, Wawa Welcomes America Weekend, a weekend here <laughs> that is start that started on June nineteenth and ends next week. <laughs> well, you guys know how to party. Yes, <laughs> yeah. We had. Uh, I love it. All the museums have uh, 
different days, but free admissions to those days. Nice. Um, they have, well, well they started uh, on the Delaware River last night with fireworks. And that'll probably go on until uh, after Monday night. And they'll do that. Uh, I think they have the Welcome to America concert in this year. I, I think they're having Rihanna. Maybe not. She just had a baby. I don't know. But they have a bunch of artists that come in. Jay-Z was the start of that for the, um, for the area. And he kind of promotes it. Uh, they close off this whole big section I love it. in front of the Philadelphia Art Museum, and with the concert, and it fills up with you. You can't drive down that way, to be honest with you. And then uh, the, they end up with fireworks, and the fireworks show up over the art museum. So that, that's very cool. Uh, yeah. So, but it's right over the, the steps where Rocky Rocky, Rocky ran. Steps, yes. Mm -hmm. Rocky steps. I love it. Seen the movie Rocky. I, you know, I've never been to Philadelphia to celebrate a Fourth of July, and that's kind of crazy because I'm not very far from there. But I, I just I, always heard it's it's quite the spectacular. Um, I growing up was never in Philadelphia for the Fourth of July. Right, you were in the you were in the Jersey I was on Shore, the Jersey right? Jersey Shore at the beach, and. Mm -hmm. uh, that you'd go out to the beach because a whole bunch of the towns would have their fireworks over the ocean and, and you could see Avalon, Stone Harbors was next, Seattle City was up next. And then we'd go back to my uncle's house and sit on his dock and look out over the bay because the little towns on the other side of the bay all had their fireworks. So, you know, ah, you had beautiful the place. And, uh, when I was a very little girl, my father used to help set them off for this one place that we would go. He was one of the people that would like the the fireworks. The oh, he he was one of the. He had the power. He had the power of the match. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. I and Anna. Good morning. I see Anna's joined us along with Lori. Um, so, and Lori, I'm just glad you were able to get the connection. I know she was having trouble earlier and Lori is our dear friend in, in Texas. Um, so I know she's up early as well. Um, uh, Black Lab Lady was thankful for everyone sharing a little bit about their background. She appreciated that. And Anna notes, Philadelphia was steamy yesterday. Yes, heat wave in the Northeast. That's yes, for was. sure. Yes, it was. Ellie saying, I spent most... Ellie's saying, I spent most of yesterday at the high school band fireworks booth, and we'll be there Monday night, too. My kids don't like fireworks, so I may as well volunteer. <laughs> That's very good that you're volunteering, Ellie. You definitely uh, help do a lot in your community, which I know people appreciate. Really, really good. And our, our dear uh, author-in-chief... Uh, when I, uh, I was on Twitter with him, I think it was Friday, Thursday or Friday, I asked her what he was planning for this, as I call it, the long North American weekend. <laughs> and he said that he would be doing beers, some social activities, and there may be a canoe. <laughs> <laughs> I love how SR wove in the canoe reference. Uh, mm -hmm. Always one of his favorite uh pastimes i think 
<laughs> it's good for research. <laughs> <laughs> well, he must be enjoying his research because I think he had gone offline before I got the questions to him this mm-hmm. week. Um, so obviously, you know, the big news uh, in SR land is the upcoming part three um, coming out August 12th. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned and look forward to the Passion Flicks premiere of our beloved Gabriel's yeah. Rapture. The scene we've all been waiting for, right, ladies and oh, gentlemen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Betty, yes. The boss likes to rock the boat, as she said. Well, as, as I responded to him yesterday, don't do anything I wouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pam. <laughs> what exactly and, would you not do? <laughs> that is the question, isn't it? I think I... <laughs> I don't want to tip the boat over. <laughs> as, as the song says, right? Uh, don't rock the boat, no. If you see the canoe are rocking, don't come and knock in. <laughs> and Betty, thank you. I knew she referenced Paul earlier in the chat, and I didn't get to share it because she was asked. She's saying Paul and Virgil didn't make the cut in the names, right, Dana? Um, but well, she's saying we're talking about Paul's scene, right? <laughs> <laughs> Betty's love of Paul knows no bounds, and I appreciate it so much. Um, and so, yes, and, and as Lori so. says, canoodling in the canoe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I like that word, canoodling. Yes, <laughs> I it do works too. well with canoe, right? It does. <laughs> <laughs> so would Raven and William canoodle in a canoe? Would that be some of Raven's birthday fun? What do you think? Oh, the canoe doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> like... <laughs> I <laughs> I think you're right, Dana. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, he we was need canoodling to get the hang- with our technical issues yet this morning. So. Yes, he was. <laughs> I think uh I think the hankies might be coming out of all this talk of canoodling in the canoe. Yes. Agreed. <sighs> Can you remember uh, actually where the the canoe, uh, or the canoe, not the canoe reference. We know where that came from. Um, where the hanky, when, uh, I guess it just started when you were going over the chapter, right? And William produced a hanky for a raven. When well, that reference started coming into uh, our... Well, there, there were yeah. a few. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. A few hankies. Yes. yes. Uh, Bill, yeah. Betty's saying <laughs> Willie needs a yacht, no canoe. <laughs> <laughs> I think Willie and uh, Gabriel both would agree on that one, Betty. A, a yacht would probably be mo- more their speed. Um, and Lori says, I can't see William having the patience for the canoe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. And yeah. Raven, God bless her. She just put up with everything from him. <laughs> But he was worth it. Yes. 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 You know, <laughs> because his intention and his devotion were very pure. Absolutely. Which was great. Which we get. And which I don't think that was fully understood until you, until you finished uh, the Roman. Exactly. 
Well, I, I we had a couple questions we uh, sent earlier to uh, Dana and Kez because although some of our friends here on the in the chat room have known Dana and Kez for years, others are new to the party, like Black Lab Lady, otherwise known as Elena, mm-hmm. and Cheryl as well. And uh, so we wanted to kind of give a little bit of background as we celebrate Raven's birthday about uh, the Gabriel Fan Podcast. And uh, <laughs> Cheryl, I love it. Cheryl just wrote, when y'all come to Atlanta, we have to go to this restaurant called Canoe in honor of them. <laughs> oh, Cheryl, it is a date. It mm. is a date. That is fantastic. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Betty notes, but Raven was a, cuff, a tough cookie, too. She walked away when Willie was not such a good boy. That's true. And she Here. did. It's one of Here. the reasons why we love her, right? Yes. Um, so I wanted to ask, and I'll start with you, Dana, on this one. Um, how and when did you discover SR? Um, so uh, I don't, well, this ties in a lot into my, um, my journey to becoming a mother. Um, wow. So, um, so my husband and I had been married for for six years, seven years already and been trying to have a baby and it didn't happen. So we kind of decided that that was going to be our, you know, fate and to just move on from that. So I got really into, um, into reading. And of course at the time, 50 shades was a big deal. So um, I got through that super fast and (laughs) the recommendations afterwards at chapters was, well, there's this series by this Canadian author, give that Mm -hmm. a go. So I bought both of those books right away. Um, I uh, I think I can speak for um, lots of um, of SR readers when um, when you talk about the slow burn of Gabriel's Inferno. Like there's a lot that happens before you get to the I guess the more I guess the juicy passionate stuff. Like everything is really yeah. passionate, but the really yeah. juicy passionate stuff takes a lot of chapters to read through to get to that but I think that the the um the writing is just so different from anything else sort of out there like the words are like um are like the art on a canvas like it's everything is just meticulously worded and described so much so that um you know if it doesn't touch your heart you don't have a heart like it just and, oh, and Dana, so true. It is so true. true. So, um, so yeah. So basically, SR is one of those authors. You know, as soon as I see that his name is on something, I'm going to read it. As soon mm-hmm. as um, there's any sort of you know news about um, SR, I'm going to want to know about it because um, I'm uh, I'm definitely uh, attached and uh, you know sort of loyal and um, and all of that and uh, ultimately. Um, that, uh, that led to a lot of self-discovery, a lot of, um, self-forgiving. And Mm -hmm. I think that, um, that paved the way to, you know, what ended up being a miracle, ended up getting pregnant just shortly after reading those books. So. Oh, it's such a beautiful story. And as Betty noted, beautifully said, Dana, true. What a journey. And, and. I always refer to Fifty Shades as the gateway, the gateway to Gabriel, right? Because 
so many fans of this series actually discovered SR's work from Erica's. And uh, I just think that um, what, uh, and, and the way you just described his writing is just so beautiful. As, as Elena says, totally agree. That was what drew me in right away to SR's writing. Love the slow burn, she said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Kaz, what about you? How did you find SR? Yes, well, my experience was very much like Dana's. Um, it was back in 2012, um, and I had finished reading um, the 50 um, Shades of Grey series, um, and the suggestion, like Dana's, was to um, search for Sylvain Renaud's Gabriel series so that's exactly what I did um and um and and I'm so glad that I did um the first thing that struck me I guess is and especially after reading um a lot of romance books prior was for a male um his story writing was eloquent yeah so um so that that's what really struck me that he could write so quickly um and um, as you mentioned before, Leslie, and I'd made made a note of this that um, what the books led you know, after reading the series, it led to the online community, which led to the podcasts and the friendships that made, and 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 now we've got the movies as well. So it really was a catalyst to so many wonderful things. Um, oh, it's so and- true. We're mm. so fortunate. I I really believe that. They, uh, Kaz and I were chatting on right before we went on air um, as Pam was working her technology wonders uh, thanks to Willie's uh, challenges this morning. Mm-hmm. And, and we just were reflecting at how remarkable it was just from picking up a book, what reading one book led to, and it led to all of us mm-hmm. coming together and mm-hmm. having yeah. this, having this shared experience and having these books affect us in many different ways. And um, it's just, it's lovely. And, Betty mm. uh, in the comments said, I bet Gabriel will be happy to know he is the reason so many babies are being made thanks to his <laughs> masterful lovemaking skills. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and you know, the, the community that SR has grown, I mean, I personally have felt the touch of that this last couple of weeks. I mean, Uh, well your sister I think your sister and your family didn't quite understand (laughs) until you started getting all these comments from everybody around the world wishing you uh sending you uh love across the miles I mean my my sister and brother-in-law think this is just folly for me but um because all of a sudden she'd come up now who is this one who is Kinsey Gabriel who is (laughs) Judith Stein, who is this? Who is that? And I'd have to sit there. Oh, well, that's so-and-so from somewhere. Judith's from Sweden. Kinsey's from Atlanta. And I, I went on, you know, I was going on and on and on. And she's like, oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so no, she, she, she does not understand the impact that SR has had on his read, on the readers and, and how um, every the community that he created. Right. And as Ellie noted, it's always fun to hear how readers have come to the community. And I, I am always fascinated by that as well, Ellie. That's why I wanted to ask the question um, to find out how you discovered 
SR. I mean, I didn't have a verbal recommendation. I was sitting in a waiting room of a for a medical appointment and there was an article as a sidebar in one of the women's magazines I was reading, What to Read After 50 Shades. And there was a whole list of really good books, many of which I've already read. Um, but the the uh, seeing the Gabriel's Inferno and the description when it said Dante, professor, I was hooked because I always... I was always fascinated and I always very much enjoyed studying um, Dante and uh, the Inferno um, when I was in high school. And that's what caught my eye. And I'm so glad it did. Mm -hmm. So uh, we did, we talked a bit when, when you were describing what brought you to SR and why you liked his writing. And we really did talk about that. Um, is there any other aspects of SR's writing that you wanted to highlight or that you enjoy? Either one uh, of you. I, yeah, I think for me, I, I find that his writing has many facets to it. Um, I, I find him an incredible lyrical writer. Um, as Dana had said, it's, it's like poetry, really. Um, mm -hmm. His mind are thought-provoking and they're, they're filled with little gold nuggets of wisdom and knowledge. Um, and, and I just think he's, he's a writer of substance. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, for, for, on a personal note, I've, one of the reasons why I even chose Florence to travel when I did my grand tour that I like to talk, say it was, was because of his writing. Yeah. I, I don't think I would have gone to Florence with it before that. I mean, my, my goal on that, that trip that I was planning was basically to go to England for Jane Austen. Right. Right. And, that, and then after reading SR's work, well, I should add Florence into this because, mm -hmm. and, you know, add, add, I added to another author too, I added a couple of places in, in uh, England that um, I would probably would not have gone to, like Oxford. But, um, right. but uh, that also was influenced by SR because of Montelin College. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Well, you read about the areas and it makes you want to see. And if you're nearby or even in, you know, if, even in the, the extended neighborhood, as I would call it, you know, mm -hmm. if you're in the UK, right, why not try to swing by Oxford? Exactly. Um, and it it really is great and exciting when you come across a, a region where you had read a story, you know, what, what that mm -hmm. described the elements or talked about museums or mm -hmm. talked about the beautiful architecture. Um, you know, well, Willie was smiling upon you when you visited his, uh, his kingdom. Well, I kept looking <laughs> for him. You know. I know. I was, well, I was, I was also looking for the Ispator uh, <laughs> hanging. And I, I did find it, but I didn't find him. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did the fan podcast begin for the Florentine series? Um, tell us the story about that. Well, for me, and I'm not sure how I guess, Pam, I would start with you and then see what Kez and Dana um, can add to that. Uh, well, you know, Betty and Perling were doing the Gabriel series and podcast, yes. and SR had tweeted one night, I think this was in uh, 2015, 
Anybody interested in starting a Florentine series podcast? He just put that out in a tweet. And, you know, I was like, well, that sounds like, like something interesting because I was enjoying Betty and Perling's program. So I, I responded to him, yes. I love it. And then he kind of got us all together. How did, how did you and Dana, how did you and Kez find this? Yeah, that's the, it was the tweet. It, mm-hmm. it was. Um, the tweet heard around the world. Yeah, it was, a, it was a call out. And, um, and I remember talking to, um, I don't know, I think some of you might know Margie Longoria. Um, we had sort of discussed it for a moment as well too about, Hey, this would be, um, sort of interesting, but she's, She's just such a busy, a busy girl. She's got, I mean, and even so much more so now with her, um, she's written a book now and um, is doing a bit of, um, you know, sort of promotional stuff around that. But I mean, she, and I believe as well, we were pregnant at the same time. So her son also has Gabriel in, um, in his name too. So I thought that was kind of, that's just sort of an aside, but, um, but she was just so busy with, uh, with stuff that um, she just couldn't, you know, commit to that. But yeah, I remember there was this, like that meeting. um, I don't know if SR had sent a message to all of us, all three of us who, and just kind of said, well, if you all want to do it, um, you know, talk about it and we'll, you know, Mm-hmm. We'll go from there. So, and Betty, so Betty put in the chat that she actually remembers that tweet. She remembers seeing it. Yeah, so, yeah. I know. I did not see that tweet. I didn't remember. Um, I was part of the community by then, but I was um, maybe I wasn't on. Well, maybe I was on Twitter by then. I probably was because I was a fan of the uh, Gabriel series fan podcast. Um, but I just think it's great that you all three responded and. Uh, we're able to get together. Kez, did you know the tweet as well? Is that how? Yeah, yeah um, it, um, exactly like Pam and, and Dana said that um, SR put the tweet out and, and he'd said to um, the three of us if we wanted to do it, to, to go ahead and um, and do it. And that's ex- just exactly what we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And then so then we, we all kind of started talking to each other through uh, – you know, chat room and whatever. And, and then, um, I think we all got our Skype addresses and we called make, got a call, call together to discuss how we wanted to proceed. Yes. And, um, and that's basically how it started. And then I just remember trying to figure, <laughs> we, we were all trying to figure out how to get this started. And then, uh, and Arda got involved because she had, Yes, Helped that's us. right. And and Chrissy, Chrissy Mayer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because they would, you know, go to this, try to add this and, you know, whatever. So they help give you technical and expertise and guidance on how to get the podcast going? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's right. We well, I mean, we, uh, we, I think Kez and I unofficially made Pam deal with all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because she's going to to learn about the technology. (laughs) Um, So, 
but I mean, that uh, that didn't come without its set of snafus. And I feel like weekly we had to meet, you know, at least 15 or 20 minutes early to make sure everything was working. And even then, we still had, you know, mm-hmm. issues um, while the pat like no matter how much preparing I think we yes. did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we still <laughs> ended up with things the beyond echo, our- the feedback. <laughs> oh, the echo. Oh, the echo. <laughs> it's all coming back. <laughs> As Lori said, I'm so glad you all decided to do it. Yeah. Oh, really happy. And and Black Lab Lady says, love to hear how all of these connections came to be. It's just wonderful. Well, Elliot also said that SR is just, is just extra. It, the, the intellect and research is so evident in the positive, hopeful themes of redemption and real world issue draw you in. And then the community around his books, even with his an- anonymity, is such a draw. Very, very true. Very true. Oh, yeah, the technology end of this. I just remember, I'm like, how did, what, you got to, you have to do what to get what to where? <laughs> and, <laughs> well, you've done well, Pam. You've done yes. well. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> it's learned, trust me. But um, there was, uh, you know, there were a couple of connect work, old work connections that I had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I uh, this one guy, Michael Valentin, which I'll always be grateful for. Um, he also had like a little side business where he would do voiceover work for TV and commercials and what have you, and or corporate programs that you had to like. A company would would film something about they're doing with their company, and he would do the voiceover work for that. And so I, I contacted him and I said, Michael, I'm, I'm, I'm scared, to, scared to death about this because we all know how we feel about hearing ourselves because our voice sounds so different when you hear it back coming back to you yes. than when you're speaking. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, don't worry about that. And, you know, and I, he gave me some technical advice. And then this other guy, um, Andrew, Andrew Baker, God bless you. Um, he was like, well, now here's what you, th- you think you got to create the RSS feed. Here is where you should go. And so we went from there and then trying to get it into Apple. <laughs> Was that a whole other, uh, that, that's, a whole, that's a horse of a different color right there because now they give you strict rules on, uh, you know, it has to be, uh, a certain, format and I think mp3 is one and a couple of others and then um but it had to be an rss feed that fed into apple uh you you had to provide artwork and it had to be a certain size and at that point I was not on um not using my the apple products I was using a regular pc background so that Matt, that was challenging um, then, you know, so, and then it's like, I would, I, we're trying SR, we're trying, I'm trying to get the, cause we recorded, I think our first two or three programs before we even got on Apple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, finally when, you know, I got it all together, I was just like, 
oh, thank God. <laughs> it was like a relief because Apple's very strict and, and they, they will, they, they make you wait a good 24 to 48 hours before they decide whether you can go on or not. Oh yeah. So, and if from Apple, you've gone to so many other platforms. Yeah. I really. Mean, it's... Once you have an RSS feed, you can go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> And it seems like you have. Yeah, we, I, we've added the podcast to Spotify, Intune, or I'm sorry, TuneIn, Google Play. Um, oh, God, what else we did? did I think there's an, uh, another one out there. Of course, SoundCloud has it out there. Right, right. And I'm always oh. looking for, for feeds that are looking for um, podcasts that I can add, add it into. The only one that doesn't get it, won't put it up, is Audible. <laughs> right. Because I'm not well, the author. They right. Say. They only want they want they want the author to do it generated content. So that's okay though, and I I just think it's interesting to see how it all came together, and I just love the fact that SR just put it out there. Hey, anyone interested? And you raised your hands and then he brought you together. You know, mm -hmm. see, this is that example of this community being built just from this one author kind of connecting people in different ways, which is really cool. And I, I think it goes to the, uh, the story that uh, Black Lab lady, Elena, um, put in the chat. She said, Leslie knows this, but I'm quite late to the party. I actually stumbled on the trailer for the first Gabriel's Inferno movie on YouTube um, it was the trailer that led me to Passion Flicks, then immediately to everything that SR had written, which I've now read over and over and over again. She <laughs> is not alone. <laughs> and then I found this podcast and a wonderful premiere in Boston with two amazing ladies and so many other wonderful people. And Dana made the note that Boston was such an amazing experience, which is Absolutely. true. And Elena says, we are thankful for all your persistence in keeping this great boat afloat. It's really remarkable. Mm -hmm all these directions mm -hmm. which is true yeah and i mean you know i remember because you would you know you had decided that once we did the quarantine you didn't want to do it anymore which was perfectly understandable you know mm -hmm. well you thought you did that for several years yeah and you have the time differential yeah with. And, yeah. and and that was hard on you and then of course dana uh had the baby had anastasia in there so it was like and, all right, and I knew that SR was coming out with the man in the black suit, uh -huh. and, I, and I emailed him, and I said, you know, I'd really like to continue this. Would it be okay? <laughs> <laughs> and he, he's, he said, sure, and I said, okay, I'll, I'll, when I get, get it together, I'll, I'll let you know. And uh, through the Florentine Series podcast is how I met. Um, Leslie. That's right. And we realized that we were not too far from each other. Mm -hmm. And I remember because I had been doing work and going down towards I, one of my dearest friends lives not far from where Pam is. Um, and so I'm like, I do. I come down to Philadelphia at that point in time. Anyway, I had I was going fairly frequently. I'm like, why don't we meet up for coffee sometime? And so it began because mm -hmm. <laughs> we met up at the Griffin, right? Um, yeah, the Griffin, in, the coffee shop, Wayne. the Griffin, right. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, from there, we just struck up a friendship and was like, hey, and there's a Botticelli exhibit in coming. Virginia. Oh, in by Virginia. the way, I'm, I'm not far from Zillens uh, <laughs> Grove. Let, let's do a right. date trip. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I think we did that one first, right? We did yeah. the Sealands Grove Seelands trip Grove first. first. Yep. I forgot. I, I mixed up the order of that. Yeah. Cause I'm about 40, um, 45 minutes to Sealands Grove. I'm just down the river um, from that town. So we went in search of the orchard and we had so much fun <laughs> <laughs> and we had so much fun with that. Then we decided to uh, when the Botticelli exhibit uh, announcement came out. We're like, why don't we go on? Why don't we go down to see it? Mm -hmm. and so, we did. yeah, we did. <laughs> Again, as influence, the art. Absolutely, a hundred percent. I'm still waiting so for you guys to do your road trip to Winnipeg. I'm still waiting for you guys to make your. <laughs> well, well, we've had a little problem in Canada. We've, we've had a little problem the last couple of years being locked in our houses. <laughs> I don't know, though. Uh, we may we may need to see if uh, we always joke with SR about having room in his garage. We might need room in your garage. Uh, <laughs> Especially after the last uh, couple of weeks. After, after the last couple of weeks, we may, we may be seeking, uh, seeking refuge in, uh, in Winnipeg. Political yeah. asylum. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Oh Absolutely. my gosh. So what are your favorite podcast moments that you can uh, remember friends from doing the uh, Florentine series fan podcast? Well, uh, for me, <laughs> um, I was um, dealt the very um, difficult task of recapping chapter 43 mm -hmm. in the Raven. <laughs> um, I'm actually looking through my, cause I wrote all of my notes down in this very, um, very like pretty sort of journal. I'm looking Aww. through the notes right now and, um, I wrote the most notes, uh, in all of the chapters I had to recap, uh, mm -hmm. on this chapter because that was a big deal. Um, so chapter 43 is the, um, the chapter where they watched the Godfather yeah. and, <laughs> 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 and the popcorn and the um nightgown and mm -hmm. well i mean i'll let you guys look it up and that was a big deal <laughs> that day that chapter that had to be recapped i mean that was um i think that we had a like did we have like a playlist for that um for that uh, that episode as well too. I don't I think like we did. Some, I don't. Know. I feel like you tried to do some sort of like. Yeah. Well, I'm always trying to put a playlist together. God, just because it was the Godfather. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, I think that that uh, I think that one was again. We had that slow burn <laughs> leading yeah. up to. So that and that chapter was long. <laughs> chapter was very descriptive, <laughs> and um, again, I mean, I have like six pages of notes on it. But I, I feel like that was, you know, that one of the very, you know, first in the series, anyways, of those epic, um, just meticulously written scenes that just gives you um, an absolute 
you know, it, it played like a movie. It, it totally played. Uh, uh, and Betty's saying chapter 43 was epic. I still remember where I was when I heard that podcast. And she said, yes, the Godfather soundtrack played in the background. Thank you, Betty. Thank you. <laughs> so now, so, so now, now you know how I feel when I have to recap it. Write up the notes for the chapter where there's a lot of sex in the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, my gosh! Yes, but uh, that SR is very descriptive. Yeah, but that's for sure, and Absolutely. very lyrical and very poetic in his writing, and Absolutely. just so such sheer beauty in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Kez? Are there any specific uh-huh. moments that you recall or? Yeah, really, there are so many, really. Um, And (laughs) I I think the best times, really, for me were um, the times that we'd all get into fits of the giggles. Yeah, (laughs) Um, that's what I was thinking, too. When I I used to listen to your podcast, um, it was at 10 a.m. Eastern time, I think, right? It was at the time. It was a morning because I was always doing chores, like I was cooking or laundry um, and which I love, I love listening to podcasts as, as we go. And I just remember I would be laughing out loud and some of the, <laughs> some of the podcasts that you did. Yeah. So many giggles. Um, yes, there, there was. And I, and I know you mentioned before about the handkerchief and really we can't <laughs> go past the handkerchief, but, um, I, I think, you know, we often lost it when we were discussing the various ways in which the gentleman's handkerchief was used. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Cotton as opposed to silk. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yes. Oh my gosh. We never I've got lost. those made. I'm sad. Pardon? We, we never got them made. So we had talked about. We, I did. Yeah. I did make them. Did you? Yes. I did. Yes. Yep, Pam. Pam did send some out, didn't you, Pam? Yes, I did. I saw. I do yeah. seem to recall. Mm-hmm. Well, it might be worth. We might have to do another round of uh, <laughs> of merch. <laughs> I, 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 just, I remember, you know, it was towards the towards the end of the series when we were doing this, and and uh, I went to all these different stores looking for men's handkerchiefs that I could get monogrammed. Mm-hmm. And I went, you know, and this was before, before COVID. So all these department stores are open and one of them like, oh, we don't carry them or, or the, you know, the, the quality wasn't quite what I wanted for them. And, um, I, I even went to Saks Fifth Avenue of all stores. Oh my mm. gosh. Looking for them, and Gabriel well, would approve. On a mission, oh my gosh! Um, but even there, I mean, I could. It would take me a month to get these handkerchiefs done, and I think I had five done. Wow. Well, and, I know Lori. Lori noted in the chat room. She says, "I have one. I treasure." <laughs> oh, that's good. So, which I love. <laughs> I love. Sent, and we sent one to Susie in Australia. Mm-hmm. And I forget who all got them, but um but yeah, so I finally went to a cataloger, the Lands End catalog, by the way, if anybody's interested. <laughs> um and that's where I got them and had them. Oh, that's rent. where you ordered them from. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that was the only place I knew I could get them and within a reasonable price because of, you know, Saks Fifth Avenue, one hanky non-monogrammed was like about $30. Ah. So oh. that's Saks Fifth Avenue. That's like going to uh, Hudson Bay or Neiman Marcus or right whatever high-end store you want to talk about. But yeah. And Betty says, Pam, I think the Amazon sales hankies with the double W initial. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm putting in the Land's End website <laughs> in case anyone wants to order. <laughs> I mean, it's Land's End to me is the knockoff of um, L.L. Bean. <laughs> you know, they, they kind of deal with the same type of stuff. So, mm-hmm. And both have decent quality. They so do. They why do. not? And yeah, but it was, it was just, just driving around all these different stores. Do you have them? Do you have them? Well, it's also a commentary on how much society has changed, right? Because that used that's to true. be such, that's such a thing. Yeah. I, my grandmother always had several handkerchiefs on her person, either in her purse, in her pockets. That was one of the things after she had passed when we were uh, helping to pull her things together. The number, the sheer volume of handkerchiefs my grandmother mm-hmm. had probably filled several drawers. I mean, she had tons of them. But she also mm-hmm. was had six children, too. So it was a plethora of uh, handkerchiefs in that household. Uh, Betty says also Burlington sales packs of five cotton hankies for less than $10. That is true, Betty, but you can get them monogrammed. <laughs> Betty says she carries hankies and tissues. So, well, well, growing up, growing up, my mother every Groundhog's Day, February second, I think it is, always gave us my sister and I a hanky <laughs> because that's when the colds and the flu would be most rampant. Mm-hmm. I think that that's actually a really great tradition. That well, might my, be something. Well, my my mother had all kinds of. Her. <laughs> she had. You know, of course, you have Halloween, so that's a given. Christmas as a given. But Thanksgiving, we always got some sort of turkey mm-hmm. in a candy form. And uh-huh. uh, Washington's birthday, we got, uh, and this is when the President's Day weekend was two separate holidays for Lincoln and for Washington. Um, mm-hmm. We got a hatchet, a candy, <laughs> a candy, chocolate candy hatchet that had marshmallow inside or a this cardboard paper mache type hatchet that had cherry candies in it in the handle oh yeah and because you know the, the there's the myth that george washington cut down a cherry tree <laughs> and then there was um of course valentine's day and lincoln's birthday we always got either a licorice pipe Black licorice mm-hmm. pipe, or occasionally, um, I think there were a, a, a house or something. Or, oh, like the log cabin. Yeah, or these little candies that look like children. Okay. And uh, okay. not unlike, not unlike the gummy bears, but they were chocolate <laughs> licorice instead. <laughs> and and while they could produce the same effect as the gummy bear it wasn't <laughs> as pr- pronounced as with the gummy bear <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> speaking of 
memorable moments in the podcasts, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> I love it. Betty's saying, once I lent my W hanky to someone and then the person wanted to keep it, I had to bribe the person with another hanky because I told the person that the W hanky had sentimental value. Oh, Betty, I just adore you. That's such a good story. She is never giving my Willie hanky away again, she says. <laughs> it's like books, too. I've, I've um, made the mistake of lending someone a book and it never returning to my my shelf. And I'm like, oh, I need to not do that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so that's, that's what I did. I with fifth, uh, my neighbor up the street, Marlene, whom I, everybody has heard about. Um, she had never read Fifty Shades. She doesn't read mm-hmm. to begin with, but uh, she never read Fifty Shades, and she couldn't wait to see the movies. So I got her the book. I said, "I have them, and but I don't lend books. I'll buy you a book." Yeah, that's what I need to there. do. And uh, so, so I bought her Fifty Shades, and. and I think she maybe read about 10 pages, but she loved the movie. And <laughs> when I, you know, I, as I said, I, I got her a gift subscription to Passion Flicks so she could see the Gabriel series. And um, so every time I go up there, now, now, this is part two. What happens in part three? <laughs> and. Oh. Yeah, you know, so like this is like from part one that that came out two years ago to what's out now. I, I, you know, it's like putting the books together in in a in format that can be spoken to real quickly. And then, of course, I have the problem where you know I pick up parts from book three that go go to part one or part two, and part two go you know vice versa. It's like so it's. I said you really have to read the book. You have to read the book. Yeah. Well, you miss so much. I mean, there's so much nuance in SR's writing and such subtlety in some ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's so rich that to summarize it or to make it into sound bites, just you just lose. You lose so much mm-hmm. of uh, the, the the brilliance of SR's writing, Absolutely. in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. So speaking of brilliance of writing and characters, it is Raven's birthday. And um, you, as being the podcasters of uh, the Florentine series, I consider you experts on uh, this particular series. And mm-hmm. what are some of your favorite characteristics of Raven? And then in the chat room, feel free to share some of your favorite things about Raven. Who would like to take that first? Kez, you're it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, I guess it's it's Raven's uh, resilience, um, mm-hmm. strength, and her determination. Um, she's she's certainly very create uh, cora- courageous. Yes. Um, and I love how open she is with William, and she's not afraid to speak her mind. Um, so yeah. They were the characteristics that I've written down about Raven. Mm-hmm. How about you, Dana? Um, and you can have the same things, obviously. They're whatever yeah. you admire about that character. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that uh, again. Yeah, absolutely. The the courage that she has, the resilience that she has. I love that she is. I don't. Know, she seems very sort of well-rounded, very skillful, really smart, mm-hmm. but very um, humble 
and kind of shy and um and I just like the way that she um I, I just love it. you know almost every interaction that she has with William she has to speak her mind when she needs to but she also is you know sensitive to his past and to her own and you know communicates communicates in um in a way that you know never you know hurts anybody um except for except for um you know her stepfather of course but mm-hmm. uh, um i especially like that um that exchange with uh with him um in the cell uh as william's birthday present to her right so <laughs> yes. oh god um i uh I remember that uh, all all of that, you know, she just, she just doesn't, she doesn't curl in at first anyways, doesn't curl up into a ball and just gets all, you know, scared. She just lets him have it. And, um, and yeah, I, I love that about her. She just, she, she, she just knows how to communicate and she uses her words really well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. As Shell, who just joined us in the podcast chat room, says, she never gives up being her. Mm-hmm. She has that authenticity, I think, really. That's that's true. And other other chat comments include Lori, who says, resilience is a great description. It, it truly is a great attribute. And then Ellie noted, I like that SR wrote a woman um, who's strong, a woman's strength with the challenges of physical limitations that she doesn't let hold her back. It stands with her survivor instinct and resilience, which is true. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are not a lot of heroines who have a uh, who are a per, a per, who is a person with a disability or with a physical limitation, um, mm-hmm. and I think that makes her even more of an interesting character because she's not just living with that and having to navigate that. Uh, limited mobility is a challenge unto itself, as mm-hmm. many people know. Um, but the fact that she can rise above it and it doesn't let her hold her back, as as Ellie says, I think is really interesting. And Betty is saying, I love Raven's sense of humor. The way she poked fun of William by making comments about Star Wars and his supernatural powers. True. And again, multifaceted characterization, as Kez said, one of the reasons she likes SR's writing, Mm -hmm. many facets. And this character is a great example of that. And as Ashley pointing out, she's brave and confident and with the love, the the way she loves William. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because for me, Raven, I just so totally appreciated Raven and how she was written. Um. You know, she she had her uh, her disabilities, and you know, they she that didn't hold her back for anything. Um, right. So it is the resilience end of that, and she, but she also she was acceptant of William's disabilities. Yes. And you know that didn't hold her back from loving him. I mean, yeah. Being a vampire can certainly put a damper on your weekends if you, if you wanted to spend the day at the beach. But, <laughs> but, but she didn't. And, you know, she, she accepted him for who he was. And mm-hmm. 
and just the her open heart, just the way she loved everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's so true. And uh, mm -hmm. any favorite scenes uh, with Raven? I know we talked about a couple of them. Uh, Betty talking about the <laughs> poking fun. At at William with his Star Wars, but uh, are there any scenes uh, that really resonate with you um, regarding Raven? You want to go? There's so many, right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> I, you know, the I the 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 way she would, you know goof on on William and goof is not the right word but you know mm -hmm. poke, poke at him you know the Jedi mind trick and <laughs> the, the, and how she stood up to the father her stepfather but, right. she, but she also stood up to William on that mm -hmm. because well you know because William brought basically brought him there so he could be killed and she was you know, as angry and as upset she as she was at seeing him and giving him hell, she also when when Raven or when William turned around and said, oh, "This is what I'm doing," she was like, "No," because right. the way she respected everybody, everybody's life, no matter what journey they were on, and uh, so that that always that scene always stood out to me, and also the way she mourned William. In in uh, you know in the Roman, she's like off in Prague, right? And uh, right, you know, and it, it just having to having to go on with you know, not realizing that what happened, but having to go on your your life the rest of your life journey, knowing that this one being that you loved is gone forever, and just the pain she was going through, and at, that, at the time it was something I related to quite a bit and, and and these days I'm equating to grief a lot, a lot right at the moment but um yeah so that she was very poignant into it goes to her strength yeah her inner strength and her commitment mm -hmm. um just so powerful just talking about this it's like I need to reread I need to reread the series it's been so long and mm -hmm. one one yeah. other element that I think is Obviously, it's not as at the forefront, but I also really appreciated her commitment to her craft and her love of restoration mm -hmm. um, and how she really was all in and, and so passionate about preserving art. I just I love that element of her because um, I think it is it, it goes to a, a, a greater appreciation of how important art is in our world. And I think people overlook it sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I liked that aspect of her as well. Ellie is saying, I like that she wasn't fussed about him being a vampire. She sees beyond that to his true self. She had seen a true monster in her stepfather and others. And she looks beyond the layers of the canvas of art and people, entities, the world, and the underworld. Mm -hmm. This is true. Mm -hmm. it's true she really does go through the layers and she 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 is authentic and open and she sees the true inner being mm -hmm. and the true inner spirit of of those around her Cheryl's saying I think I will listen to the series over the weekend I read the books last year I think that's a great idea Cheryl 
the the audiobooks are really good. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what maybe I'll read I'll do the audio. I might do that as well. One of the things that um that first came to my mind when I thought about favorite scenes, um mm-hmm. something that's it was it was little, um, and it was in the Roman, um, after um they'd come back from Rome. Um and the, the she was painting in William's um, garden mm-hmm. uh, and she was just enjoying the, the scenery and yes. um, the wind had blown, brushed against her face and she thought of her father. Um, and I remember when I first read that scene um, for the first time how vividly I'd pictured that in my mind's eye mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and and I, I thought, I think that this come to mind first because for me it was a great example of SR's beautiful lyrical writing really. Yes. Um, that was able to, um, you know, I was able to picture that in my mind's eye. Um, yeah, and it was just a simple scene but it was a beautiful scene. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, it's a perfect encapsulation of how he does paint the picture and that's why, I think his books translate so well into film. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, we always say it'd be great to see this as a movie as well um, because it's so vivid. It's so vivid uh, the way um, he writes. He does does, uh, conjure these images in your mind based on his words. Uh, Betty's saying, I love how Raven brought humanity back in Lily's heart, which I think is beautiful. And yeah. Shell saying Raven is definitely one of her favorite characters. Um, Ellie says, SR wrote them so well to draw readers into alternate universes and make it believable, mm-hmm. which is so true. And Cheryl also referenced, I know we, we are always sad about uh, the passing of uh, John Morgan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the narrator died and it made me so sad in terms of the audiobooks because he did, ha- did have such a gift um, in mm-hmm. storytelling. Really, really, truly. Well, I, I remember when SR mentioned that uh, John Morgan had, had passed on, and um, he was he mentioned that uh, he had, I believe it was colon cancer, and but you know when SR approached him about you know doing the narration of the book, and uh, he found out, and SR said, you know, go, you don't have to do that, and. He insisted upon narrating the book ah. in the midst of all his treatments and everything. So I think that, I think that in and of itself is is beautiful. And yeah. what a gift! What a gift to give the world. You know, being able to lend mm-hmm. his talent to this story, even though he was battling such a, a horrific disease. Mm-hmm. Just beautiful. Uh, that speaks to his spirit and kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. that we were very lucky to have touch our lives again just by picking up a book we would never have known about this beautiful spirit of John Morgan and his words and his talents mm-hmm. That's um, true. very lucky mm-hmm. so uh, if you had a chance to ask Raven a question what would you ask her what would you want to know from Raven when are she and Julianne going to meet up and uh, discuss? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, 
Now that would be a, that would be a story. I think they would be great friends. I really do. I, I, I think, think you're right. Like, you know, they they both uh, characterize Florence in such a beautiful way, and you know, she's being the Dante specialist or becoming a Dante specialist, and Raven, you know, being the art specialist. I think that yeah. the friendship could just be tremendous. Yes, and, yeah. and I, I could see an intersection with Acacia coming into the scene, too. Wouldn't Absolutely. that be great? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, SR, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> any, other, uh, any other thoughts or questions you'd like to ask Raven? Yeah, I've got one. It's a bit of a birthday twist. Um, <laughs> as a birthday gift from William, if he could grant you access to restore one piece of historical artwork, what would it be? Ooh. Now that is a great question. I wonder how she'd respond to that. No. Well, you know, there's and and there's so many things out there right now. I mean, you've had cake thrown on uh, the Mona Lisa recently or whatever it was. Yes. And um, <laughs> which is insane. I know. And then there's the security guard <clears throat> And I forget the name of the painting, but it's like three faces and, and with the circular eyes. And he put in he put in the eyes the security guard did with a pen. Oh, oh really? yeah. That was a few months ago. That was crazy. Wow. Mm -hmm. That was that pen. Yes. Where what? where was that? I was I it think it, somewhere I, I think it was in Germany it happened. In Germany. Wow. I think you're right. Was it in Berlin? I think so, yeah. And I but I forget the name of the painting, but I remember seeing a picture of it and the these three faces basically had no features. Mm -hmm. and, and the security guard said, Oh, they need faces. So he went in and drew circles for the eyes. Oh, goodness me. <laughs> Can you I I can't even imagine. Needless, no. needless to say, the security guard is looking for other work at the moment. Yes. Yeah, really. I would think so. I, I mean, you would think that's something that they would kind of go over, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to try and. Yeah, please don't draw circles on paintings. Don't put mustaches on them. Well, and even now, you know, the, the latest story in kind of art, the art world is in the U.S. anyway, um, the seizure by the FBI of, Bas is it Basquiat? Oh, yes. B-A-S-Q-U-I-A-T paintings mm -hmm. from Orlando's, I think it's Orlando Museum of Art. It's, mm -hmm. um, there is allegedly, there were two dozen paintings attributed to the artist, and now wow. the authenticity of the paintings are in question. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's fascinating. Um, that this kind of happened. I mean, the the artist was a young artist who um, passed many years ago in 1988. Um, he was part of the neo-expressionism movement. And mm -hmm. it was apparent, allegedly, these were in a storage locker um, that they were just sitting there uh, years after he died from a drug overdose at the age of 27. Mm -hmm. um, and now... You know, there's this, a lot of speculation swirling around whether or not this is actually authentic artwork. And, mm -hmm. of course, now, whenever I see an art story, I'm like, 
this is a case for Nicholas and Acacia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, sorry, have you seen this? Do you think Nicholas and Acacia would work on that? <laughs> yeah, usually that's, I know, usually I'll shovel uh, any story I see like that over to SR. Um, but yes, and, and, <laughs> but he's saying, I don't recommend that, uh, that uh, guy, the security guard uh, works at a museum ever again. And, <laughs> Ashley noted there was an amazing piece of artwork in the West Palm Beach Airport, simply beautiful. Yes, because Ashley was down in South Florida this past week. And Shell's saying, a question on Raven. If your life were made into movies, who would play you? That was my question. Oh, my gosh. I love it. (laughs) Shell, you and Dana, soul sisters here. Yeah. That was my question. I would love to know who she would think would play um, would play her if the um, if the series was finally optioned by Passion Flicks. Hint, 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 hint. <laughs> um, I would love to know that who she would think uh, would play her um, the play her the best. Yeah, yeah. That's a it's a very complex character. Yes. I, I love that idea. I love that. And Ellie's noting, I just saw a great Basquiat painting at the Broad in L.A. last Sunday. A punk family picnic event her friend coordinated. She hopes it was authentic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they do, too, because the mm-hmm. timing is pretty interesting, right? It is. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that gets solved. And I'm hoping someone does a documentary or some store more extensive reporting on it because i just find the whole thing fascinating mm-hmm. you know motivation who would who would do so many fakes you know what's behind it well a lot, um, a lot of times the fakes are being are, are money makers because they uh, people that want to have a specific artist but can't can't afford the painting mm-hmm. yeah whether it be a basquiat or, or a warhol or renoir or you know, there are people that will actually recreate the paintings as best they can. And yeah. some of them have yeah. been good enough, done well enough to be able to pass for the original by the untrained eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, I see Betty says her question for Raven would be, have you finger painted with Willie yet? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> That is a good one, Betty. I'd like to know the answer to that. With, with chocolate syrup. <laughs> Very good question, Betty. Uh, Shell said, good question, Betty. I love it. Yeah, there there could be a lot. Um, Ellie good. noted there's a Warhol at the Broad as well. That makes sense. They were friends, Warhol mm-hmm. and Basquiat. Um, I think Basquiat probably helped... I think Warhol helped increases um, his worth, his stru- his his status, and and I think he introduced him to a lot of people in the art world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shell saying, "Insert naughty smile." That's so true. Uh, any last, you know, any other wishes, birthday wishes for Raven, um, as we round up our our podcast for today. I know. I just wish her and William lots of happiness and peace on their beautiful island. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, and I, I, I wish I was there, but <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Could you please uh, give us a guest room yeah. and the guest quarters? <laughs> Could be on the other side of the island. Just saying. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind. Anyone else with birthday wishes for Raven? Yeah, I've got one. I've got um, happy birthday, Raven. May your day be filled with as much joy and friendship you've brought to many an SR's community. May you and William live forever through your amazing love story. Ah, mm. that's so beautiful. That is. Yeah, can you imagine this, like, young-looking William coming back and looking like he's in his mid-40s? <laughs> I have no doubt William would be aging well. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No doubt at all. As Shell says, they deserve all the peace and tranquility and happy birthday, Raven. I love it. I love it. This has been so much fun, ladies. I'm so thrilled we were able to have everyone come together to celebrate Raven and celebrate the the beautiful work and words of SR and how uh, how this Florentine series podcast helped to uh, foster even more love of these books in the community. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, I think, um, you know, with the technical di difficulties that have had that have come through, <laughs> a blast from the past. <laughs> I'm saying it was Willie. We have no doubt. It was <laughs> As Betty Willie. says, happy birthday, Raven. I hope Willie gives her lots of kisses, hugs, and lots of loving. Mm -hmm. Oh, Shell, no worries about being late. You can catch what you missed on uh, any time. Just listen on whatever platform you get your podcasts on. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks, Cheryl. She says, you are all wonderful. We appreciate all of you. Lots of love coming Raven's way. And Dan and, and wishing was... everyone a weekend, wonderful weekend and yeah. a wonderful next week. And it was so great to get together again. I, I, the, it's been fun. It, it really, really was so much fun. I was hoping we wanted to do something a little different, have a different twist to the Raven birthday celebration. Um, and especially since we have uh, two very important July birthdays in the SR world, mm -hmm. one Ooh. of which is Raven. And coming up in two weeks is yes. our beloved Gabriel. So we can announce, I'm happy to say, Pam and I are very excited about the Gabriel birthday celebration. That's right. It'll be a special podcast time. So it will not be Saturday. It'll it will be. be Sunday evening, the actual birthday day of Gabriel, the 17th of July at mm -hmm. 7 p.m. New York time. With our very special guests, Betty and Betty Pearling. And Pearling. So from the Florentine Ooh. podcasters to the Gabriel Series fan podcasters, in a couple weeks, uh, we're very, very happy we're able to have both of them join us, uh, especially I know it's tricky for Pearling to get time. Mm -hmm. So we're really, really thrilled that we're going to be better. able to do it that Sunday. And again, I am so glad that you... Kaz and, and Dana were able to join us today, and, and it's been fun. It's been fun. Yes, you're welcome to join us anytime. 
<laughs> Come and talk all thing as all things SR. Oh, and I see another birthday we have in July is Cheryl Denise's birthday, awesome. July twenty seventh. She'll be fifty five, and I believe our dear Tosca Musk has a birthday in July twentieth. I think. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll have to check and confirm that date. Uh, as Betty says, Gabriel wants all the attention. That's yeah, always uh, Gabriel. And yes, another birthday I forgot. Because it's not just it's not just Gabriel's birthday that day, it's Ellie's birthday. Mm -hmm. So Ellie, I don't know if you will be able to join us or not. You might be doing your own birthday fun, um, but you can at least listen if you can't join us live. Right. Um, that's right. I forgot she shares Gabriel's birthday. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> yes, as a black lab lady says, yay, another birthday party. And you're welcome. We're glad you can join us, Betty. Yes. And we were so, so glad you guys, Dana and Kez, could join us today, especially, um, you know, just in the midst of uh, of this busy July. Uh, North so, American so happy. holiday weekend. <laughs> North American holiday weekend and middle of winter for Kez and uh, in Oz oh, in the land down under. Well, thank thank you again for inviting us. It was it was a real pleasure to be here, and it was really lovely to hear everyone's voices again. I oh, feel the nice. same way. I've been waiting to hear that beautiful Australian lilt coming oh, through the uh, coming through my earbuds. So thank you, thank Aww. you, thank you. And of course, Dana, I was oh. lucky enough to get to see you in Boston. Yes, we were. So glad yeah. to get to hear you and. Uh, Happy anniversary to you and your husband. And I'm just so thrilled that you have those two beautiful little little ones who are not so little anymore. I cannot no. believe your daughter's five. I just uh, cannot believe that. <laughs> yeah, they got those that twice. Yes. It does. It does. Truly. So, Pam, as I ask every week. What am I taking you out with? What are you uh, taking us out with? What song? The One Thing by Paul Coleman. Lovely. Only one thing doesn't change. Only one thing stays the same. All I know at the end of the day is your love remains. Only one thing doesn't change. Only one thing's the same. All I know. Your love remains And the one thing I don't question is you You really love me like you say you do Yeah, the one thing I don't question is you You really love me like you say you do So hold 